Thank you for joining us for CF on Cyber, the podcast for executives who want to cyberproof their businesses. Today, we're going to discuss cybersecurity and privacy due diligence and how the new world of GDPR and CCPA is impacting companies, particularly private equity firms and companies involved in mergers or acquisitions. We're going to hear from Jack Clabby, Joe Swanson, and Jackie Swigler. Jack, Jackie, and Joe are attorneys in Carlton Fields, Tampa office. Jack and Joe are both former criminal assistant U.S. attorneys and computer hacking and intellectual property prosecutors. Now they represent companies, executives, and directors in investigating data loss events. Jackie is an M&A attorney with a focus on private equity M&A and the sale of family businesses. Now I'll turn it over to Jack. So welcome to CF on Cyber. We we have a the topic today that came out of conversations with some of our clients and friends about what impact the new California privacy statute is going to have on investments that private equity and other entities might be making in businesses that process or collect consumer data. And we thought through some of our talking points for that and said, you know what, this would be a good podcast. Uh, but. Joe Swanson and I, the usual suspects, had to bring in some help for this one. So we have Jackie Swigler here, uh, who's an M&A and uh, corporate transactions attorney in our Tampa office. She works with companies that are both up for sale and companies that are making investments or purchases. So Jackie, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. And uh, as always, we've got Joe Swanson, who's the uh, co-lead of our national cybersecurity and data privacy practice, and me, Jack Clabby. Uh, shareholder here in the Tampa office of Carlton Fields. So let's get into it today. Uh, Joe, we've been on a couple of these uh, these phone calls where our friends or our clients are asking us about not just compliance with the new California data protection statute, but you know, if they're looking at making an investment or acquiring a company that processes data, how it affects them. Uh, what's sort of happening here in this cyber due diligence space? Thanks, Jack. So the cyber due diligence space has has really picked up, um, and it's due in part, I think, to some mega breaches that have hit the news over the last couple of years and what that's meant for a couple of of, uh, M&A deals, most notably the Yahoo and Verizon merger that um, had a significant data breach uh, occur in the midst of it and that resulted in a significant um, decrease in the price. And then more recently, the Marriott data breach, which, uh, uh, as it turns out, spanned the period of time during which they were conducting due diligence uh, for the Starwood acquisition. So that's why there's a lot of attention uh, in this space, and it's not just uh, on M&A deals. We have been called uh, uh, quite frequently in, the, in, in recent months to assist our partners, uh, for example, in negotiating reps and warranties for uh, a commercial lease uh, or, or other types of transactional documents that uh, you know the the parties to those deals now want assurances uh, that their cyber house is in order. All right. So one of the lawyers who calls us from time to time to help out is here, Jackie. Jackie, can you tell us a little bit about? Let's put aside the GDPR and sort of the special problems from the California Consumer Privacy Act. What is usual in cyber due diligence? Right. So in cyber due diligence, you would be looking at you would want to know what laws and regulations are applicable um, to the, the company that you're investigating. Uh, if, you're, if you're buying, 
uh, a company, then it would be the target company. Or if you are putting your company up for sale, ideally you are looking into these kinds of questions before you go through the process of putting up your company for sale. Um, so you'd want to know the laws and regulations that are applicable and then and, and, and how the company is doing in terms of complying with those laws and regulations. And in order to do that, you would want to look at, um, for example, policies that are in place, whether they are uh, privacy policies, terms of use for, you know, for online um, operations or um, policies just internally for employees to be operating, operating under. Um, a lot of companies have vendor contracts so that they, you know, they outsource to third parties to help them with the compliance. So you would want to know what vendor contracts they have and if they're complying with their vendor contracts and, and how, um, how they're using third parties to help them with their compliance. Uh, you'd want to know if there have been any incidents uh, related to cyber and uh, data security and data protection. Um, you know, large incidents, but also, you know, small incidents where they're having troubles with people complying with their policies. Um, insurance coverage is an important part of this as well, whether the, the, the company has proper insurance coverage uh, to, you know, to cover for any sort of these breaches. All right. So it sounds like that's what you would usually do. Mm -hmm. Joe, Joe, can you talk, us, talk, talk to us about why the GDPR and the CCPA have changed a bit? Sure, Jackie talked about looking at applicable laws and regulations, and increasingly for businesses that is the GDPR uh, and the and will be the CCPA. The GDPR took effect in May of last year. The CCPA was uh, passed last year and will take effect in January uh, of this coming year. And uh, each of them imposes uh, significant obligations on organizations. Um, uh, around the world, they have extraterritorial, extraterritorial uh, reach, and for that reason, uh, a number of our clients are interested in how they apply and what their impact might be on on these types of deals. All right. So these privacy issues that are raised by the GDPR and the California Consumer Privacy Act, the CCPA. Am I getting that right? You are. All right. The you know they're particularly acute when the company that's being put up for sale. We're contemplating a merger or investment is a business that earns its revenue from the collection and the processing of personal data, right? So the average retail company has its own risks from consumer lawsuits, for example. But a company that's business is buying, selling, processing, or who earns revenue from the buying, selling, or processing of that data has special considerations and could essentially be wiped out if the wrong calls are made under compliance with these statutes. I think um, we've got some, I think we have a top five hits that we want to talk about today. So let's get through these top five suggested inquiries for parties to transactions or M&A deals that might involve these kinds of company. Joe, can you walk us through the, what the first of these inquiries? Sure. The first inquiry would be just basically where does the data come from? And by that, I mean how much of a target company's business model relies on data that is collected from public sources versus data that is purchased from other data aggregators versus data that's collected from the consumers uh, directly. And where the data comes from matters. Uh, that's a, one of the key establishing questions in your due diligence investigation. As a deal lawyer on either side of, of the transaction, knowing the answer uh, to these questions helps me locate the right contracts, the vendor contracts that I mentioned earlier. 
um, to see how the risk is shifted. It also helps me to understand uh, what sort of specialized cyber advice I might need and to uh, advise my, my client whether it should invest in that specialized cyber advice. Right, and that's because the GDPR and the, and the CCPA do a lot more than the state data breach notification. They do. They, they, they govern uh, how organizations collect, store, and use data and what those organizations promise and disclose to the individuals vis-a-vis -vis their use of, of data and their rights, and that's what has made it such a paradigm shift. So that's why you want to start these sort of specialized inquiries with where is this data coming from, because it might be treated differently, or the entity might be treated differently under the regulations, depending on the, the, what originates that data. And it also flows through to the questions that would follow. The, the second inquiry is how is that data used for each individual? And critical here is this idea of profiles. Does the company set up profiles for individual people? Right, to track that person across time, across their spending habits, or across other behavior? And then does the company segregate the data within that individual profile by where it came from? The answers to these questions, I think, can help the potential investor and the target company know, again, where the cascading risk uh, arises. Yeah, profiles are, are really a, a double-edged sword on, on the one hand, and you know, the downside of them is that if a company keeps profiles, that may trigger a number of reporting and compliance obligations if GDPR and the CCPA uh, uh, come into play. On the other hand, the good news is that if the company is keeping profiles, it's more likely to be able to comply with customer requests to surrender, delete, or transfer data, all of which at a high level are the rights that are conferred uh, by the GDPR, the CCPA, and surely in what will be many other statutes like them enacted in the coming months. So the bottom line is, if all of this information is in one place and the company has a good handle on that, uh, <clears throat> they have a higher regulatory risk profile, but their ability to comply is gonna be that much greater. And there's a big difference between companies that, you know, track consumer data in individual files and individual folders essentially for those consumers and those that simply are aggregators that sort of separate that consumer data from identifying whose it is. Uh, so our, our, our first inquiry then is where does the data come from? Our second is how is the data used for each individual? And our third inquiry is you know, what is in the privacy policies that the target entity has in place? And are the things that the entity says it's doing in the privacy policy in fact being done, right? So if a company is collecting data from the individuals directly, what does it tell those individuals and how does it inform them of what it's collecting, why it's collecting it, and what their rights are with respect to that data? And can the potential investor, right, maybe the, the private equity firm or the larger company, can they get copies of the, those privacy policies? Are they readily available? And critical to this, right, is getting the privacy policies that actually exist at the point of collection. Like any due diligence, the target company's willingness to share the information tells us as much, if not more, than the actual information itself. Uh, willingness or ability. Uh, this is why when we're helping companies to sell themselves, um, ideally we would spend a little bit of time uh, helping them to clean up their contracts and their book and, books and records. Um, will often suggest changes to the privacy policies and their procedures if data collection and processing is integral to the company value. 
And I would add one other thing um, to this discussion, and that is that if collection of the data is done through a proxy, a vendor, or some third party, you know, it's important to consider what review does the target company do for those point of collection disclosures, and does the vendor, the third party, uh, comply with those disclosures um, strictly? Because liability here for the target company is not just what it promises to do about its consumers or its employees and the information it collects about those individuals, but also what these third parties are promising uh, on their behalf with regard to collection, storage, and processing of data uh, that could ultimately uh, cause problems for the target company. Right, and a lot of what uh, the work that companies are doing now in the run-up to the California statute is cleaning up their privacy policies, right, for exactly this purpose. And like Jackie, you were saying, if a company is getting ready for a sale, that's pretty, frankly, it's a pretty easy thing for the company to do, to rewrite the policy. The hard part is determining whether the company is actually doing the things it's promising in the right. policy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the inquiry for is based around the new requirements of these statutes that we, the statute we see in California that may be adopted. And that's essentially, it may be adopted in other states. Inquiry four is, can an individual actually see his or her data and can they delete it, right? So if a particular individual has requested to the company, I want to see all my personal data that you have on me and I'd like, if I don't like what you have, I want you to destroy it, can the company comply with this? And if so, how quickly and how completely can they comply? This is at the heart of sort of the GDPR's right to be forgotten, which we've talked about in other podcasts and also part of what's at central to the CCPA's structure, right? Can the company destroy all data on an individual on demand? And if not, why not? That's the question that I'd want to know if I was planning on making an investment. Uh, And if they can't do it, that's not fatal, right, when we're in this sort of run-up period, but how soon can the company get its compliance structures in place and what resources would it need from me and my investment firm, right, in order to get there? Right, and that will certainly be one of the stumbling blocks to compliance with the GDPR and the CCPA, is how the, how can the target company comply with the consumer's request to see, delete, and transfer all of the data on that individual? So that brings us to the fifth of the inquiries that we wanted to cover today, and that is what are, what is in the vendor contracts, and are they being followed? Uh, will the target company allow you to review all contracts, or just a few example contracts that it has in place with its third parties? Uh, from which it receives personal data, for which it holds personal data, or to which the company transfers personal data, data either for processing or storage. And Joe, that's particularly true about those profiles we were talking about a moment ago, right? Yeah. You know, is, the, is the target company selling its profiles? Right? It's making these profiles, but does it actually profit from the fact that the data is segregated by individuals, right? If that's the case, then all sorts of risk arises and the due diligence needs to dig in a little bit more. That's right. Right. And what we really want to know when we see these contracts is how they spread the risk of data security and compliance. Uh, What are the companies promising to each other um, as far as legal compliance is concerned? Uh, Separately, if the target company has made a number of commitments in these contracts, is it actually following them? Does it have the ability to track what its employees are are doing? Um, and, And are the employees following the commitments that are being made? And so, you know, the bottom line here within this inquiry is that it's important to know how many vendors are there, <clears throat> where are they located, and do they do business in, in Europe or in particular um, United States jurisdictions such as California 
uh, that would pose a heightened risk because of the CCPA. And frankly, as 2019 goes on, California is probably not going to be the only statute, the, the only state with a law like it. And so um, uh, uh, any target company uh, should have its, its house in order, so to speak, uh, with, with a view to these issues. All right. So in some sort of there are these five inquiries that we use in connection with M&A due diligence as to cybersecurity and privacy that takes into account the GDPR and the new California statute. First, where does the personal data come from? Second, how is that personal data used by the company to support revenue? That is, how does the money get made by the use of this personal data? Three, what are the privacy policies and is the company following them? Four, can an individual see the data that the company has on her and successfully request its deletion. And fifth and finally, what are in these vendor contracts and are they being followed by the target company and its vendors? And remember, it's a cliche, but a hard compliance environment is an opportunity for competitive advantage. For a a company that's preparing for a sale, and particularly one that believes it has significant growth ahead, compliance with these emerging privacy standards will be immediately apparent and it'll stand out in the sale process. Well, thanks uh, for joining us uh, and and special thanks uh, to Jack and Jackie. Uh, Thanks to everyone for listening and we hope you'll join us again soon. You've been listening to Carlton Fields podcast series with Jack Clabby, Joe Swanson, and Jackie Swigler. To learn more about our cybersecurity and data privacy practice, visit carltonfields.com. This podcast is intended for general information and educational purposes only and should not be relied on as if it were advice about a particular fact situation. The distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and receipt of it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship with Carlton Fields. Thanks for listening.